This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. All right, before we move on to our next segment, I need to remind you guys of our wonderful partner here at Love of the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. I have told you guys about Boomer Jacks. Brian and I both have for several months now. We love how you guys are tagging us on social media and uh, your pictures from you going to Boomer Jacks and enjoying uh, such a fine establishment like we have. Uh, and let me tell you, if, if you haven't tried Boomer Jacks yet and you're a big fan of wings, the days to go for you are going to be Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Tuesdays are half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. But even if you're not a wing person and you just want to go for great drinks, great food, affordable drinks, affordable food, Boomer Jacks is the spot for you. They've got specials for you every other day of the week, uh, not just Tuesdays and Wednesdays. They have drink specials starting at $3, uh, $15 buckets of beer, wall-to-wall TVs, live music. Uh, I was just at one on uh, 35 near Louisville last week. Uh, such a cool atmosphere that they had this patio with like uh, torches out there to keep it warm and could open it up. So just a really cool atmosphere. Boomer Jacks has you hooked up with whatever you're looking for. Uh, there are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, uh, as we mentioned, the Cowboys are in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. Uh, checking out players. And, and there's always news making comments from Jerry Jones coming out of the senior bowl. And uh, yesterday was no different. We actually got comments from Jerry and Steven both. Uh, and uh, a lot of interesting stuff out of there. Uh, Jerry confirms at least now that the plan is Mike McCarthy is going to call the offense uh, and he's going to be, be calling plays. And he mentioned about how, you know, Mike's not going to just be a walk around coach, which that's a very famous line he used with Jerry, Jason Garrett years ago. Uh, it was something that then applied to Mike McCarthy as well, that you were the walk-around coach. You you weren't looking out for anything else other than that. So uh, first clip here for you, Brian. This is uh, Jerry talking about why he changed his mind on the idea of a walk-around coach. That was, the in my mind, the right thing to do at the time mm-hmm. uh, for Jason to uh, uh, take uh, the focus of, as head coach, the focus on the offense uh, and walk around. Right. And we had uh, uh, coaching staff that uh, I thought and we all thought uh, that would work with. This is a case of going in the other direction. Uh, That happens in all teams in the NFL. Mm -hmm. But because I own the team Mm -hmm. as well as uh, MGM, Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that we don't go different areas doing different things Mm -hmm. than we were five, ten years ago. So there's his explanation. It kind of sounds like I reserve the right to change my mind whenever I want to, yeah. which he absolutely does. But absolutely, uh, you know, it, it's it, more discussion about it. Yesterday was it sounded like that this was going to be more Mike McCarthy's scheme, like what Mike McCarthy wanted to do. Stephen talked about, hey, look, there was some ideological butting of heads a little bit between Kellen and Mike, and so we're going to let Mike explore things the way he wants to. Which Mike, of course, runs a 
a West Coast offense, um, is a big fan of that scheme. Is uh, you know, there's if you look on Twitter, lots of Packers fans will tell you if Mike's calling them plays, we're going to see a whole bunch of slant flats, Brian. That that's going to be all that it is uh, all the time. So, uh, in general, the idea of Mike McCarthy now not being the walk around coach and calling these plays, what is your expectation for what? Mike McCarthy's play calling may look like? Is it going to be more conservative, more aggressive? Do you think we're going to notice a change? What do you think it'll look like? I think he's going to be more committed to running the football. And I think his influence, especially when uh, Dak Prescott went down after week one, was pretty apparent that he told Kellen Moore, hey, listen, we need to figure out a ways to try and run the ball better. They were running the ball really, really well until Terrence Steele got hurt. Who knew that getting Terrence Steele hurt would completely kill your running game but it did uh but i i think that mike is looking more about trying to control uh i think that mike mccarthy and i'll, I'll tell you why i think jerry jones changed his mind and this is 14 years of experience of working with jerry jones i think the reason he changed his mind is he realizes that he's got a damn good defensive coordinator he's got one of the best defensive coordinators in the national football league and I think that he realizes that Jason Garrett needed to kind of have his hands in all things in order to try and make the team the best it could. And I, I think that he Jerry sees what Dan does, and any autonomy that, that Mike gives Dan and Jerry gives Dan, it's probably earned. And so by him not having to be a walk-around coach, uh, he could focus on the offense. Namely, he could focus on Dak Prescott. Mainly, he could focus on Dak Prescott in, in order uh, for him to uh, you know, clean up the turnovers, uh, improve field vision, improve accuracy if he can, uh, and then to kind of find that balance, whether it's running the football or throwing the football, where they can maintain, where they continue to be a high-scoring team. I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult uh, if they just go pretty much, uh, and I'm not going to say it's going to be completely run-heavy, but I think believe that when you get to the 26th pick of the draft, you're going to have to keep a very, very open mind about the player that you get there. And you, you, you should not be one bit surprised if they take a running back at that spot, especially if they don't get the Ezekiel Elliott situation cleared up and Tony Pollard situation as well. Now, if they franchise tag Tony Pollard, uh, that might be a whole different thing. But I kind of feel like, though, that you're going to see a little bit more emphasis on running the football and being really good at that and the play action stuff coming off that uh, that that run action. You know, when you look at the West Coast offense, a lot of it is about, you know, precision and, and you know, just perfect timing and, and, you know, letting the ball go at the right time and being Accuracy. at the right spot. And so with that in mind – is that a concern for this football team? I mean, you talk about yeah. a team that couldn't figure out option routes, couldn't get yeah. on the same page. Now you're asking them to run a scheme that's almost completely dependent on you guys being in sync at all times. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, any any hesitation in the West Coast offense is generally a bad play. Any slight bit of route adjustment, uh, collision at the at the at the line of scrimmage, Quarterback holding the ball, pressure from inside. That's a, it's a it's a tough one to deal with. And your quarterback at times has shown he can be very accurate. And other times we've seen some of his worst interceptions 
have been balls that have been knocked in the air because he wasn't accurate. So yeah. that's that's the uh, that's the issues that you deal with right now. Jerry Jones was asked yesterday uh, about his confidence in his quarterback, Dak Prescott. Here's what he had to say. I'm very strong on Dak. We we have, a, in my mind, a unique person, a unique football player, a unique quarterback. Uh, we've uh, uh, have had times in this past three years where we haven't had him, and um, I like the way that uh, we've adjusted uh, when we had to uh, go without him. But uh, I think this whole thing reflects the upside that I feel in Dak. The fact that we're doing this, Mike's calling the plays, Mike, this has uh, everything to do with the positiveness around Dak. It's building around Dak. Do you have to do something with his contract this year, this offseason? Uh, I don't. We'll get into that. Those uh, I don't talk about the nuances of what adjustments are made, but with the cap and those kinds of things, uh, you always want to consider making room. Stephen Jones was also quoted as saying, Dak is going to be our guy for hopefully the next 10 years. You say that's a long time because he's already played six or seven, but I think Dak will play that long because he takes care of himself. He's driven to be great, and we fully expect him to be here for 10 years. So that's very strong endorsements from Jerry and Stephen Jones. Brian, do you buy the endorsements? Do you think that's actually their plan for right now, or is that just some sort of uh, you know, uh, vote of confidence in, in the the quarterback that, Maybe they wouldn't actually take it that far. They're just trying to show current confidence, and it's not really that long-term for them. Yeah, I think they're trying to show current confidence. I think this is about 2023. Jerry Jones also went on to say about drafting a quarterback every year, too, as a possibility. And I think that's... Which, to be fair, they've invested in quarterback. I was talking about this this morning on Sean and RJ. Not high picks, but you drafted Dak in 2016. You signed Cooper Rush to come in here as an undrafted free agent in 17. Uh, 18, you drafted Mike White. 19, there was nothing but 20, you drafted Ben DiNucci. 21, you claimed Will Greer. So they've thrown some, you know, uh, darts at the quarterback board in the last couple of years. They need to consider one at 26 if he slides to him is what they really, really what they need to do. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, if, if one of these quarterbacks, if if you like, and listen. Um, I'm not saying – and Mike McCarthy was the beneficiary of such a move when he became – when he was a coach at Green Bay. Mm-hmm. If if one of these guys that you really, really like all of a sudden comes sliding down the board to you at 26, you owe it to yourself to look very, very strongly at the possibility of adding that guy. I'm saying if you have high enough grades, if that quarterback is on your board and say anywhere between in the top eight – and all of a sudden he's sliding to your lap and nobody's taking him, and it's almost like an Aaron Rodgers drop, Ted Thompson that year had no intention of drafting a quarterback until Aaron Rodgers got to the bottom of that board. And when Aaron Rodgers, that was it. Ted looked around the room and said, we're taking this guy. And they were taking, they were going to take a defensive player. They were ready to do it. And they drafted Aaron Rodgers. I think if you're the Dallas Cowboys, you owe it to yourself to keep an open mind to any way of adding a quarterback that can make a difference on this football team. So, Brian, is what you're telling me is that you would consider at 26 drafting Tanner McKee from Stanford? Absolutely not. Oh, no? Okay, all right. We're not we're not Tanner McKee fans here. Okay. Not, right. not Tanner McKee. No, I, I'm not. Uh, uh, Tanner McKee, to me, when I watch him play, you named the one quarterback that I really wouldn't want to take. 
Yeah, of I the ones that. I, I, yeah, I'm not a I'm not a Tanner McKee fan at all. I will say this though, uh, give me the opportunity to take uh, to take say somebody doesn't like Will Levis. You know, give me that opportunity. Uh, I like I said, you're, the 26th pick, folks, is a second round player. There's likely going to be 20 first round grades on that board. I've done about 110 players already. There's like I haven't stacked the board yet, but my gut tells me there's going to be between 18 and 20 first round grades. So player 26 is a likely a second round grade on your board. That's not like you're taking. It's it's the same thing you have to think about a running back too. You know, if sometime if somehow Bijan Robinson gets to 26, why am I thinking about this? Especially if my my running back situation is not taken care of. That that is one of the best players in this draft from University of Texas running back. It's one of the best players in the draft, regardless of his position. Speaking of running backs, uh, because I, I'm a big fan of Bijan Robinson. If he's there at 26, I don't even think about it. There's zero chance to me if Bijan Robinson gets 26. There's zero chance there's any player left on the board that's better than him. I, I totally uh, agree. Jerry was asked about Ezekiel Elliott's future. Uh, this is what he had to say: As we will review even more the season, uh, we're going to see the positives in Zeke. Zeke will look better uh, the more you look at what he brought to the table as we get into reviewing what the season was. And so uh, uh, I don't want to talk about Zeke until we uh, uh, have had the benefit of really evaluating our whole season. But, but, But I do know this without even looking at an evaluation. Zeke was a lot more incremental to the success that we had than his rushing yards indicate. But you do want him, I believe that. You do want him back next year? Would like to have him back next year, yes. Would like, you would like to have yes, him would like to have him back. Stephen Jones also saying, uh, hey, I, I didn't even see, I saw no drop-off in, in Ezekiel Elliott last year, uh, but then also came back and said, yeah, do we want him? Sure, but do the numbers work? And so that's that's his couching of it a little bit. Uh, well, I think I, that also real quick, Bobby, if I could, uh, I'm sorry, nothing's ever really quick with me. Uh, but I, I'd like to I'd like to believe that they telegraphed last year what they were going to do with Amari Cooper way too early. I think yeah. that I think that I think two things they haven't they they haven't had these personnel meetings that have talked about where they need to be going into the combine, and they and they don't want to telegraph their intentions like they did with Amari Cooper. I don't I just don't think they want to do that again. Yeah, and that that very well could be the idea there because, like you said, the same words on Tyron Smith and Jason Peters. I, I still think there's a good chance Tyron Smith and Ezekiel Elliott are not here next I, year. I, I agree. I agree. And, yeah. and so when you look at that, they may be changing it. Now, I do think it's a little funny for Steven to say, I didn't see a drop-off. It's like, well, the only way you can see a drop-off, Steven, is if you're saying you thought he was bad the last two years and not just this year. Uh, because uh, the last four games of the year, Brian, 50 carries for 100 yards. That's not exactly the uh, the efficiency I think they won out of their running game with uh, Mike McCarthy taking over. Uh, but in this idea of telegraphing uh, decisions and acquisitions and everything else, there's a little bit of buzz coming out of Mobile based off of what Jerry Jones had to say about going all in, like the Eagles and the Rams have, really going after it and trying to make the moves with outside free agents or trades or whatever else to build your team. And uh, Jerry, uh, the normally uh, we build from within, Jerry Jones, uh, didn't totally shoot it down. I'm reluctant, even though by nature I'm a wildcatter. <laughs> Anybody that thinks I won't take a chance has misread the tea leaves. Okay. 
but I do think longer term, and I'm real hesitant to bet it all mm -hmm. for a year. And uh, there's a lot of things that can happen for that year. In essence, we're seeing a couple of teams that have had some real success putting it all out there and uh, paying it, paying for it later right. in Philadelphia and, San, and uh, really uh, Los Angeles. Uh, don't think that doesn't pop my head and get my eye as far as doing it, and I know how to do that. It's Again, it's a part of uh, uh, what you uh, put in that computer and uh, what comes out, and we'll see. We'll see how uh, it comes. But uh, that's pretty impressive to have two teams in the last two years empty the bucket and get to the Super Bowl. That's all well and good. I just I will simply not believe that they're going to do anything of significance in free agency until I see it. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Signing their own is free agency to them. They're totally comfortable with extending CeeDee Lamb and extending Diggs and extending uh, steel or getting him to a contract, uh, you know, they're, they're completely comfortable with that. That's free. That's free, that's free agency, agency to them. them. You are listening to the love of the star podcast. The love of the stars an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.